I just felt that it was unfair that I was being considered a criminal for doing something that is not illegal. Gambling is legal and uh, betting is legal. Uh, for what I bet, yeah, it's a little bit more than I wanted to lose. I mean, I didn't bet to lose, but I lost it and I paid off all my debts. I didn't want to go to NBC or anyone else and let them know, hey, I lost $500,000, I'm going to pay it this, I'm going to pay it that way. You know, I felt I was taking care of what my responsibility was, responsibilities were, and I lost. Uh, my family's not starving. My wife, if I had a problem, would have left me, or you know, certainly would have came to me and said, hey, seek help, my family, my mother and father, who we're close-knit people. And they have monitored me from when I was a kid, when I was born, up until where I am now. And if I ever had a problem, they never had a problem telling me that I had a problem. So they never came to me and said, hey, Michael, you got a gambling problem. Uh, or you know, my wife never said, and she's chief of finances in my household. She knows what comes in and what leaves. Uh, and she never said, Michael, hey, you got a problem. You know, I think that's something that the media has taken it far greater than what it is. Uh, soon, whenever I walk away from this game, uh, I think that's the only thing that people are going to say was a bad thing about Michael Jordan. No, I didn't commit a crime, but he gambled. And if that's the least that I could be considered or have on my repertoire or my you know, resume that, hey, I'm a competitor and I gambled, uh, let's say half a million dollars, and yet I'm still living, I'm not broke. Uh, financially, I, I still think I'm set, I don't have to work, uh, and I choose to do whatever I choose to do once I leave the game of basketball, then I'm happy. D and Davis, last segment back here to talk a little bit about the last dance, maybe anything in the NBA, maybe anything sports or anything in general, because not a lot of sports going on. And we're just here to give you content and entertainment. Uh, but definitely. So getting to the last dance, this was episode, uh, what was it? Five and six? Five and six. Episode five and six. Uh, we initially went into it thinking there were going to be more detail. And I, I know it's supposed to be the last dance, but it's kind of about the whole journey of the Bulls and particularly about winning, but the whole journey of Michael Jordan and the Bulls, because outside of the Derrick Rose era, that has been the Bulls. No hate to Bob Love and Norm Van Leer and Artis Gilmore. What about Eddie Curry and Tyson Chandler and Jay Williams? No. Oh, okay. Um, Jay Williams don't even claim us enough. And I, I, I wanted him over Yao Ming. I wanted the Bulls to get the second pick so that they would get Jay Williams at number two. And he doesn't, he doesn't opine enough for this team or whatever, but still love for them. And I love the Twin Tylers. I thought it was a good move. I, listen, hate on me if not, watching Elton Brand play was like watching paint dry. All right. So uh, going into this episode, uh, we definitely got to see uh, the Bulls taking on the Blazers as far as how Michael Jordan talked, uh, felt about Clyde Drexler. Uh, we did an interview. Make sure you check it out with Bob Young uh, from a writer, contributing writer from Arizona Athletic. So make sure you check that, check that out because it's, it's pretty insightful because we're trying to give you different views from what necessarily the last dance is giving you mm -hmm. uh, to give, to look deeper into what was going on because they don't have enough time to cover everything. It's 10 episodes, but that is a lot of history that took place. A lot of footage they got to go through. Good point D a, yeah. a lot of stuff they have to go through. Uh, uh, one of the things that I enjoyed and liked uh, a lot and that was good to come from it and uh, give me uh, a second to look for the gentleman right here but was where we saw Mike's gambling 
uh, issue. And I like the fact that, and of course, Michael Jordan controls the narrative. So mm-hmm. again, we'll get into it. We got the Republican uh, where Jim Shoes thing, which he admitted that he said, he said he said it in jest. Mm-hmm. But this was actually the first time on record that he's ever really addressed it. So, so he, even with stuff that he, probably he doesn't want to address, he knows he can't escape it. And being Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan phrases things for me. Again, I'm not a personal friend of his, but mostly head on. You know what I'm saying? So it's. I think what most of us know is best to address something rather than to dilly dally about it because you can you create a lot of conjecture from it. And even though people can say, well, he did dilly dally about it, he didn't. He didn't talk about it for twenty something odd years. Mm-hmm. But uh, the thing that I Slim did, Bowler. Glenn Bowler, as far as what do you mean? Slim Bowler, the Slim. golfer that oh, he sent fifty-seven thousand to. I thought it was one hundred fifty-seven thousand, which is fifty-seven thousand. No, the dude, with the, the dude with the Jerry curl. Hey, man, you have somebody named. You gotta have somebody named Slim on your team. But this is the thing. This is back what, then they had a Jerry curl. This was the best part, and I tweeted out today an article from the Athletic Chicago. Uh, Michael Wozniak is the guy that we see that keeps doing the shrug to Jordan with the perm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The white guy that's playing quarters with Jordan. If you never played quarters as a kid, I feel sorry for you. I used to do it outside all the time. My grandma all, used to yell at me. Right on the crack? Did y'all have to do hit it on the crack? We used to hit on, yeah, hit it on the crack. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, 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 well pitching pennies or pitching quarters. Yeah, same, same thing. thing, same thing, same yeah, thing. We used, to, we used to play it outside. Ryan, you ever, you ever, you ever pitch quarters? I have not. No. I bet you didn't. Mm-hmm. You're not like Michael Wozniak. But anyway. <laughs> Let me say, so anyway, I'm reading this article in Athletic about what Michael Wozniak. And he's Jordan's security detail. He's a guy, now you see all the memes doing, and then he does it again after he beats Mike. And this guy was a cop here in Chicago, right? And he was told that in the black neighborhoods, let them kill themselves. And he was like, let me out of this car now. And he went and worked in those neighborhoods. And I think it was, uh, I it was Stateway. Uh, it, I don't think it was Cabrini. I can't remember uh, what project he worked in, but he worked in one of the, the worst projects in Chicago as an officer, right? Mm-hmm. Also, he went and joined the narcotics division of CPD, right? So he broke Jordan's back uh, rear uh, window and he went and told Mike, and this was one of the things that endeared him to Mike because the article goes on in detail that Mike prefers excellence and things like that. So reading the article and I'm reading the article and the guy I'm reading and whatever, and it's not saying this is important, but uh, the dude's son is the basically narrating the article. His son lives, I think his name's like Nicholas. He lives in uh, Tennessee, Nashville, I believe, because he got a job. And uh, he talked about how, um, you know, my dad's Polish, but then he says like, my mom is black. So I'm like, wait, this is cop that's out here is trying to save the black community. His black wife too, right? And um, goes on to say that, uh, his, dude, his father was stern but very loving and that he was a true character and that he texts Mike and was like, yeah, Dennis Robin was the only person with standout hair to steal this show from you. Mm. And Mike texts back LOL and then told him how much he cared about his family and his father. Last part, Michael Jordan, this man worked for Michael Jordan until he couldn't work any longer. Michael Jordan was still paying this man a paycheck to the day he died. Wow. Yeah, he died like, what, two years ago? No, January. This past January? Just January. Oh, man. That's a good story. You said that was an athletic? It was an athletic Chicago, so make sure you go and check it out. Matter of fact, let me make sure to to do proper Dan Davis. I want to make sure I see who was the author of this article to give him his props, because it was, I don't know if it was Darnell, friend of the show, but I want to make sure that it was Matt Fortuna. 
Matt Fortuna. All right. All right. So, I definitely check Matt, that out. Matt, great article, Matt. Uh, really insightful. We appreciate it. That's the one thing I will say about this documentary is you do have some very light moments and you have some fun moments. You have some joking moments right there. And that right there, man, when he he's gonna be live, he's gonna live in infancy infancy now. Totally. Totally. Yeah, he's a meme. Old, he's a meme now. Yes. For sure, forever. We're gonna be seeing this ten years from now. He's gonna be like, mm. You know what I'm saying? The, the Polish guy with the perm, you know what I'm saying? Getting Mike, Michael Jordan for his money. But uh, no, that's, that, was, that was a good one, Ken. Was, Real quick, his son told him to change his hair, and he was like, I can't. It's my brand. And he said that if his hmm. father was alive today, he, he would have been like, see, I told you that. And his father was like, I told you. See what took place. But he was like, I yeah. will never change my hair because it's my brand. Yeah. Now, that was, that was a good moment. That was a good moment. Bro. Yeah, not surprised. Whoa, whoa. I know you're Polish, but we cannot <laughs> allow that here, brother. He's Polish, everybody. You see the name? Bukovetsky. Bukovetsky. You keep your slurs to yourself, sir. The good boys know what we're talking about. Oh, my God. Um, oh, goodness. Oh, goodness. All I need is Ellen, Ellen DeGeneres and Justin Timberlake slander to, to finish this off. <laughs> Just to like an Saturday. Saturday. Yeah. Check out next week, Monday. Oh, uh, That's but, what you get from our executive producer right there. Quality. He's something else. Right. Uh, no, no. You know what? One thing that hopped out to me um was um was Michael Jordan and gambling. So we all know about how much Michael Jordan likes to gamble. But the picture was, I mean, the interview we had with Amara Rashad with those glasses on. Shout out, them glasses were slick, too. We said, man, I don't have a problem. I have a competition problem, man. It's like, Mike, I'm surprised Amara didn't say, like, right before they went on, like, hey, man, you might want to take them glasses off. You know what I'm saying? That just might be a good look. But Mike was Mike, man. You know what I'm saying? Also, Michael Jordan, how many memes? He's already a classic meme to begin with, right? He's a, he's a walking meme. And this is like solidified right here. But uh, going more into the gambling, and as you said, Ken, Michael Jordan, this is basically a Michael Jordan documentary. by A Michael Jordan documentary by Michael Jordan and Netflix and ESPN. So he has a narrative. And I, I, I am glad that he went more. He actually tackled it head on. Because he didn't have to bring up the the situation with him and Slim, yeah, paying Slim all that money. You know what I'm saying? Seeing it this, wouldn't have been authentic if he didn't. Though. Yeah, seeing this cat walk down the street with this Jerry Curl and he a hustler on the, on the golf course. He didn't have to show that, but he, but he did. And he said, like, hey, listen, I didn't want, I didn't want him to look bad like he beat me, so I said it was this instead of that. You know what I'm saying? So it's kind of making Michael Jordan a little bit vulnerable because mm-hmm. we have seen Michael Jordan just be this brand himself. Listen, Michael Jordan is a living brand right now. Jordans are going to be sold years after Michael Jordan is not with us on earth. He's like Mercedes Benz. He's like Henry Ford. You know what I'm saying? That's what Michael Jordan is right now. So uh, to kind of even to, to, for him to kind of let us in a little bit and let, let you know, like, hey, man, yeah, this is, this is what happened. You know what I'm saying? So that's one thing. And, and, and just looking forward, uh, not saying we're going to jump off this, right, for episodes five and six. I, want, I do want to see how in depth he goes to his father's death. Cause I'm sure that's going to be the next episodes with seven and eight. Cause now we talking about baseball. I want to see how long he goes into that. If he's a, if he's pretty vulnerable on screen talking about it. Uh, Cause we don't see Mike a lot really on screen anymore. Or if he even talks about from the show produced by Tony Gill for six, seven to score when he yeah. was working there and Julia Carroll, yeah. as far as what took place with the murder of his father and some of the questions that are still prevalent today, if he touches that, he probably won't, but it'll definitely be interesting to see him do it. But Ryan, what were your thoughts? 
Yeah, I thought uh, the episode was starting to finally be for me where I kind of knew what was going on. Like, I was starting to be aware of this. Obviously, I remember the Be Like Mike phase. And I can really uh, understand his Do you issues. remember the Be Like Mike phase? A little bit, yeah. That's can, I, can, I, can, you, can you give us a couple bars? Heck no. You don't want to scare away the users from my cat screech. I think we want to see them. I want to hear you say a little Be Like I mean, Mike. Mike, on, Mike. Be Like Mike was what, 92? 91 or 92? It was 91. It was right around or after. It was, after, it was a Trailblazers year. Because I can remember being at uh, Great America and they had like the Charles Barkley and they had like Aretha Franklin or Patti LaBelle singing and they had the highlights and they had like Isaiah Magic had one. And so when you were in line at Great America back then for hours to get on the Six Batman. Flags. Six Flags Great America. Thank you, D. For hours to get on the Batman, you used to, used to have these monitors up when you were going through, snaking through and they would have NBA. This lets you know how big the NBA was back then too. They would play highlights of the great NBA players with music in the background. But getting back to what I wanted, can I get some Be Like Mike from you no. one, Ryan? Okay. No, no bars. No, no bars? Just no a couple. Bar. We can't get like Sometimes I Dream? No. Heck no. Come, come on. Like Sometimes <laughs> I Dream? Come on, Ryan. You can do the He Is Me. That he Is Me. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Uh, the other thing I was kind of wondering, um, obviously there's a lot of popular athletes, but they kept kind of like specifically going how it's almost like Muhammad Ali gave the battalion to Mike in that ultra atmosphere of sports figures. Has LeBron hit that? Is there going to be another guy that hits that level where we're just really like you see anywhere he goes in the world, stop traffic. There's yes. Michael yeah, I think it might be LeBron right now. Unless well, it's a soccer player that we're not giving kudos to. But yeah. Well, I, I'm beginning to the vein. One, yes, LeBron has hit it. Mm-hmm. And two, there will be more than several people because of how big the NBA is. And the NBA is the closest sport that we can kind of touch due to the fact that their their faces are open. Uh, they're, this the, bodies. It's the closest sport. If you go to a game that you can get close to as far as uh, the range from the athlete to the field or whatever. Uh, but yeah, there'll be another LeBron. And the, the thing is, is too, it'd be because of LeBron that there's another LeBron as far as taking on social justice issues, because he set that standard for another generation. that didn't grow up with Bill Russell, Muhammad Ali, Jim Brown, and so on and so forth. Uh, so and Frank Frank Robinson, thank you, and Kareem. So yeah, they'll uh, as long as there's I think, great- I think it's a few now. I think you could say Serena's like that. I think LeBron James is like that. Uh, I'm trying to think of anybody football. Man, well, football isn't that global. It's harder. Yeah, maybe, but, maybe Tom. Maybe Tom I mean, Brady. Tom probably Brady. Tom Brady. You Tom know, Brady's so probably like that. like that. But yeah, they'll definitely be. Especially, I mean, they'll definitely be. I mean, but I, I think you're trying to say something uniquely to American yeah, athletics. Like, are we going to get another Beatles type rush? Yeah, we will yeah, be probably. Cause so, you know what? Somebody's going to, just like when yeah. D was talking about Jordan's being popular way after Jordan dies. If there's a time where Jordan's are unpopular or unfashionable, 20 years later, they will read, they will reinvent it and it'll be Vogue again. And, but getting to this point, I think that you, even though like now let's just say no one wants to build up a super team, super teams will be in Vogue again. You know what I'm saying? And you don't really need a super team. All you really need is someone to build up a team like Golden State and add a supreme talent to that team. You know what I'm saying? So if Golden State hadn't won before KD got there, if Golden State hadn't won before KD got there, 
the narrative would have been totally different and the viewership would have been different because we would have just been salivating to see what a good team, I'm saying the Golden State wasn't great already, mm-hmm. adding KD, we'd be like, this is phenomenal. But since they had already won, it was kind of overkill. So even though it was appointment viewership, it wasn't like we were seeing something that was organic enough to really make us just fiend, fiend, fiend for it. So, but I do think, yeah, they, there definitely will be. And there, one last point, there's always new generations. And even right. though we, We've seen guys, they haven't had their guy, so they're going to want their guy. At one point in time, I'm sure nobody thought it was going to be anybody, anybody bigger than Muhammad Ali. Right. They came, they came Michael Jordan. I mean, I, I honestly, they, they are looked at different because of one was very into, uh, was the greatest uh, people say. Because Muhammad Ali is more important. Yeah, yeah, no, no. I, and you I, didn't I, want to go to his funeral when I wanted to drive down there. Oh, Lord have mercy. Okay, <laughs> as I was saying, you have Muhammad Ali who has a social aspect on top of being one of the greatest boxers of all time. But then you have Michael Jordan who's just this phenom of an athlete and just culturally just so relevant. I mean, you, you can have people probably debate you on who is the biggest ones, but I'm sure there's some kid right now that's two years old and by the time we're in our 60s, they're going to be like, damn, this dude is bigger than Muhammad Ali and Michael Jordan was. You know what I'm saying? It, it always kind of happens. It's going to be somebody else. We just don't know who it is. It could be a woman. It could be a man. It could be somebody from overseas that come invade America. The mm-hmm. Beatles, came, Beatles came and invaded America. It could be something totally like that. We, we just don't know yet. And that kid will be delusional. Delusional? Because they did it without the internet. Oh. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's, like when you, that's a good point. Yeah. When you go worldwide, like when we always have to talk about, and again, I'm with D. My favorite rap duo is Outkast, right? Uh, biggest group is Wu-Tang. Most important or real, the best group in hip-hop, I always say, is Run DMC. Run DMC. Yeah. Because they did it with nothing. When yeah. They just had MTV that was playing rock and roll and, and Michael Jackson and Madonna. Maybe. Right? Yeah, so like if you, when you, sometimes we don't add, add to the equation people that didn't have the ability to connect with everyone right away that today's athletes has through the social media and the internet. These people did it. Think about it, there are areas that don't even have televisions or, or households that really have televisions that knew who Muhammad Ali was, who Michael Jordan Lord. was. Like, we don't really live in that era. And there's still some places that don't have broadband and stuff like that. But there's a lot easier ways to get information than there were in the past. So even though when you try to equate whoever that future person is, he, he's doing it through uh, uh, he's doing it through platforms that make the world a lot more accessible to everyone. All right. So this comes from ESPN. Uh, GMs are concerned about coronavirus risks for older coaches, staff if the NBA resumes play. All right. As NBA seeks resolution to return to action during the coronavirus pandemic, teams are weighing scenarios for potential games with only essential personnel present. Perhaps a key factor in such a decision beyond titles or responsibilities is health and age of staffers, NBA general managers told ESPN. One NBA general manager speaking on conditions and anonymity pointed to uh, the age of the team's head coach and others on the staff and said he would feel uneasy about those coaches being present for games given the factors that place some uh, people at a higher risk for serious issues before, because of the virus. I don't want to put, it, uh, put them in harm's way, the general manager said. Another general manager echoing the point regarding team staffers who might be at a high risk because of underlying health conditions or their age. The Center for Disease Control and uh, Prevention said that adults over 65 are at a high risk for severe illness, severe illness due to the corona-19. Uh, based on all the information that we have today, probably people over 60 with pre-existing conditions can't go, for sure. No matter uh, what their titles are, 
the second general manager said, whether it's a father of a star player or whether it's a general manager of a team, they can't go. One last person. I'm worried about those guys. The general manager said that's exposure that I don't think we can afford. Now think about that. We, I, you know what? As I said before, and I, th- I think we can all could agree, it's like it, it's not really worth it if you're going to put people in harm's way. But we also, I didn't think about this. The people, the per- the player personnel, those guys, men and women, majority went men, are pretty old dudes. They yeah. like Jerry West. I don't want to see nothing happen to Jerry West. Assistant coaches. Assistant coaches. I, y'all coaches. trying to kill? Y'all trying to kill Greg Popovich? You know what I'm saying? I you know I didn't. I thought about it. And it's, I bet, it's like, I bet oh. Trump wants that though. Oh no, he better not do that to the NBA. I bet Trump is like, yeah, get Pop out the box. <laughs> and listen, think about this. Probably Steve Kerr has preconditioning conditions. Let alone with that back and issues the that he's had. I'm just saying, like, so I mean, just the, the type of dims that you know Trump is like, yeah, open up the markets. <laughs> Damn. Ooh. But no, yeah, I, I, that's a very, very good point about the player personnel or the organiz- people work, working within an organization that, yes, they are older. Jerry mm-hmm. Reinsdorf can't go anywhere. He can't go see his baseball team. I'm, he, he rich, he uber rich, but he can't go see his baseball team or his basketball team. You know what I'm saying? All these owners. Yeah, they want to get back in and get the money going, but I can't go nowhere. Wait, can Michael Reisdorf go? Like, you talk about how old Jerry is. Michael Reisdorf ain't a spring chicken. Yeah, that's, that's true. Right, Jerry Reisdorf is in his 80s. Yeah, I would 84. think his son is close to 60, 60. years old. Yeah. Right? Like, again. And, I mean, you don't need your owners to be there, but you usually would want your general manager. And let's, let's not even talk about that. Let's talk about, let's talk about coaches, staffers, and bench coaches. Right? Just when we were sitting there, uh, the interview that we did with Bob Young from the Athletic Arizona, and he, you know, he was talking about uh, when uh, um, Lionel Collins, Lionel, uh, whoops, um, Lionel Hollins. Hollins. Thank you, Lionel Hollins. I want to say Collins. Lionel Hollins brought back Paul Westfall because he brought in Lionel uh, Hollins, right? Mm-hmm. That coaches usually have, they have now that you can see more players from the era we grew up in, but they usually have coaches of the same age group. You can think about Ron Adams being there with Tom Thibodeau uh, for all those years. So you're risking all those people. And then I'll give you another one. That may not be as old as back in the days, but what about the refs? You know what I'm saying? Like, there's a a lot of people. And we can just say, we're just going to do it without them. And maybe you can. Uh, One thing I did see, I wanted to point this out real quick. I think I was, uh, uh, Brian Winhurst was talking about this on ESPN. So one of the things they're talking about is having like blocks. So like the the Lakers would be in a block with five other teams. So let's just say they would have four blocks, right? And what they would do is that if one of those, in one of those blocks of that five teams, if a player catches coronavirus, that whole block is knocked out of what's left in the NBA. Whoa. Yeah. That's how, so that, that way they keep it separate as far as the infections. Mm. So because that, that player is playing in that block with those other four teams or three teams, they would just not, get rid of them so they can make sure that anybody that's, that, that, that's not showing symptoms wouldn't affect anybody else. So, I mean, so all those teams would be gone? All, like, so if, let's just say the Lakers in a block with uh, Memphis. Mm-hmm. Right, somebody from Memphis has it. They're out because they already played that team, probably, or maybe they're living in facilities close to those that team, and they would just eliminate that whole block to make sure nobody else is infected. That right there, that that right there should should really prove to people it ain't worth it, and this country ain't ready. You have states that's opening up right now, and what's happening? Their numbers of infected or cases are starting to go up because, hey, listen, one plus one equals two. 
So if you have these leagues where there's a case scenario like Kansas laid out or, yeah, we're going to put everybody in a bubble or whatever like that. But you know what? You can't see your family for three months or we got to get all these tests, which is going to be a bad look because the natural, because the regular public doesn't have all these tests. If you have to have the, if you're, if these main scenarios and these many questions are being brought up time at the time, at the time, at the time, it's just not worth it. I mean, I love sports. So obviously Candace said this a thousand times. We just had to find something to talk about, but it ain't worth it. It's I, I just, it's, it's going to happen. And I know some, some leagues are going to be like, especially the NFL is going to be like, we just going to do it. I, it could be the political mindset, the political leaning of it, or just a simple case that they think they're invincible and they're the NFL or just using an example. But it just, it's, I just don't, I don't want to hear the reports coming out talking about, oh yeah, now we have to shut down the economy again in these states again because we decided to open it up. And now once again, you have these leagues that start up again. All these players that want to, all these players want to go out there and play. Imagine all these players want to go out there and play, and then it happens once again. A couple of other people get uh, tested, test positive, and they got to shut it down once again. Dean Davis Show, Demise, me, Ken, and Ryan, our executive producer. Um, there was a, a nurse. I don't know if she passed. She passed recently. I don't know which hospital in Chicago she worked at, but she was. She came out of retirement to go work for the hospital. Right? Made me think about my grandmother actually, because my grandmother retired and still went to work, but she couldn't work as many hours because it messes with your social security, social whatever, mm-hmm. messes with your social security. So she would have to pay so much money back if she went over so many, a, a lot of hours. And I thought about, man, my grandma was alive during this. What would it be like? This nurse died through the COVID. She caught COVID. This lady that had served and retired and came back. And the reason I'm pointing out is just to highlight because again, listen to Chris Christie, and I know this is a flip topic as far as getting, I won't say it's political, I think it's moral. Mm-hmm. Uh, saying that people are going to die. We, again, I said we're going to show, we know people are going to die, but it's how you sit there and do things to make sure other people don't die. We have a situation in Michigan where some stupid ass people sat there, a lady was taking her daughter into like the dollar store or something yeah, and sat there and got into an argument with the security guard doing his job. That was like the daughter had to wear a mask, went home, told her son and her husband, they come back and the son shoots him in the head. Like, and that's on the, that's a whole different spectrum of just to say the least, but just still to just to, to point out, yeah, but it's Ryan <laughs> puts it with me swearing. But just, and, if, and again, that's in our community, but then you look at these groups of militias, Trump had a rally in Arizona, basically going down there to check out a factory and people are standing outside with signs. Like, do you MFers really think about the people that are still going to, to work? Because this is a thing. I think I would go to work if I was a nurse. Because at one point in my life, I was going to be a nurse. Mm-hmm. But I, you know what? I feel, I feel no ill will to any nurses or anybody that's like, you know what? I'm going to stay home with my family because y'all out there doing a lot of foolish because they keep it going and y'all are keep y'all, y'all like, these are the people that are risking their lives and you idiots that are outside in every community are going to end up there risking their lives. And they're still trying to be here for you. And this senselessness needs to end. Okay. So going to the flip, do you all agree that these people need a heckler? Yeah. You can get your heckler. You're right. I just want there to you go. You got it. You're right. The problem is your heckler is going to get exposed. That's the problem. I said that time. Hey, whoa, whoa. Could I, I could heckle like, but from a building. Through uh, Zoom. No, no, no. I ain't on Zoom. Do a megaphone. Do a, uh, do a bullhorn. Wait, wait, wait. I'll be heckling. ruining everybody else's quarantine. Wait, wait, wait. Imagine this. I'm only heckling them. They put. 
Take that megaphone down. That's what I'm about to say. They're quarantining. They innovate somebody, right? They be like, okay, you're innovated. The person's like, <laughs> then they bring the computer from like, hold on, we gotta put this here. Then D pops up on the screen, like, yeah, yeah you stupid ass. <laughs> Hmm. What were you doing out there? <laughs> Nobody told you to go out there. Right. They told you to set your ass at home, but it's now you did. I mean, we live in a very weird time, to say the least. And I hate to say it, for the most part, we're somewhat deserving of it. And these sports ain't coming back no time soon. You've been saying Greg that. Hodges stuff. <sighs> you would want to do that, which. It, what, what, what? Hey, listen, we've had we Craig Hodges on our show. No, I'm we just had, No, we had Craig Hodges on our show. Great guy had him in studio with us. That was a few years ago, Ken. We had Craig Hodges on the show twice. Twice, yeah, yeah. He came in studio once, man. We had a great time dropping yeah. knowledge on us and great, great stories. Yeah. But it is interesting. He said that he did not know this documentary was coming out until his son told him. Mr. A week Hodges, before. Mr. Hodges, where have you been? He's yeah. saving the world. That is, is where he's been. Yeah. All right. So, all right. So, uh, I saw this in CBS. I mean, I'm sorry, NBC Sports Chicago. Uh, I posted. It was posted on uh, Facebook by Jason Goff, one Jason Goff who does Bulls pre and post. Shout to Jason. Um, if Craig Hodges feels salty about Michael Jordan and this, and I'm, Brian, you can help me. So, one, he definitely didn't like the uh, cocaine circus crew or whatever. He said that he didn't. He felt like. That you're putting guys in a situation where they have to answer questions. Also, Craig Hodges wasn't on the team. He's a Milwaukee Buck with Donnie Nelson. Don Nelson is the head coach mm-hmm. at that point. But he felt like Jordan was putting guys in a situation where they had to explain something to their families while they're watching the show. Maybe they didn't expect they had to explain. Uh, he didn't like the fact that Jordan said that uh, Horace Grant was the, the mole and probably giving Sam Smith or in someone information. He said that he basically would want more details and that that, that wasn't cool. Uh, we've known in the past that he felt like Mike could do more. But one thing I did see the other day, that he said that, well, perhaps, well, Mike didn't say anything. And we didn't cover the fact about Michael Jordan addressing the Republicans do shoes thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Too. Said it just as a joke to Horace Grant and Scotty Pippen on the bus. And you know Horace went and told that. Like, I'm going to tell hey, you. Hey, Sam. I'm going to tell something. you what he said. But, uh, uh, so, so, but he did say real quick that perhaps he didn't know what to say. Mm-hmm. And that, that may, which is a good point that sometimes when you look for athletes, I saw somebody uh, posting on Facebook uh, that, well, you know what? We had uh, Harold Washington, we had uh, Jesse Jackson, uh, you had Oprah, but we didn't need Walter Payton and Michael Jordan to tell us to vote. Like here in Chicago, we had enough. Uh, people that were that was their lane to Within do that. The community, yeah. Yeah, we weren't necessarily looking to our athletes to necessarily do that. But that still is, is giving giving them an excuse to say the least. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but just he pointed out that necessarily he didn't get interviewed, and that's one thing he felt salty about. And I think that goes back to the fact that Hor- I mean that Craig Hodge has been a race from Bulls history, especially being a guy that won the three point contest that much and fit the triangle and what they needed is outside of shooting. He was the first guy, Paxton, but he was the first specialist in the triangle to that was Steve Kerr, what Steve Kerr's role basically began because Steve Kerr wasn't really a point guard. Paxton was a point guard. He still had more point guard skill, but the specialist to come in. Uh, so he felt wrong by that. And I have no problem with him saying it. Um, he's a phenomenal brother, and I'm a ride with Craig Hodges, regardless of what Ryan is trying to do and destruct the community. <laughs> By the way, they have final veto of what we talk about. I didn't hear you. I say for the audience. 
Okay. You got final veto. What we talking about? (laughs) We do, but in all fairness, one thing Lawrence Holmes told us was to listen to our executive producer. That's right. That's true. All right. So I listened to my executive producer. Um. Now you know what I I I thought we'd be able to see like maybe some glimpses of Craig Hodges or something. He has like literally MJ. Not even the dashiki. Not, not nothing. They showed him at the, you know what? They showed him at the White House, but they didn't show him that. They didn't show Craig, though. And what's interesting, just thinking about some of the stories Craig Hodges told us in the studio, talking about how him and MJ will play one-on-one. Do you think over at IIT, Jim? IIT, definitely. IIT yeah, they, and Chicago State were definitely the places. Yeah, they'll go, they have one, they play one-on-one, and he said, man, listen, I had to, Craig Hodges said, I had to pair my, my game down on the team, but I was originally, I'm a straight hooper. I'm a scorer, so I can go back and forth. He, I don't know if, he didn't say he can go back and forth with MJ. But he said that he can go, though. He was a scorer. But I was looking for a little bit of Craig Hodges and something, and it's very disappointing, very disappointing. As a kid who grew up watching Craig Hodges win those three-point contests, watching Craig Hodges hit those threes within the game, he was on the first three championship teams, right? When all three of them, right? So was the he on the first two? two? First, First two. two, he had to come back and not have a Bulls jersey on for that three-point competition, the third championship. Year. That's right. That's right. So you, you, he has two. He's an NBA champion. So I was hoping to see something. That's that'll be that would be my one my one complaint to Michael Jordan about this is that he could have gave the people a little bit more Craig Hodges. I know it's very small of a thing, but he could have gave us a little bit more Craig Hodges. And what about Craig Hodges? One thing in what you said, I don't know if you said hooper. I remember saying something like, man, yeah, you was a shooting. He was like, no, I was a hooper. I was like, no, I'm, you sorry. Hooper. I'm sorry, man. Mr. Craig Hodges. Um, this is two. I'm a big proponent of uh, uh, Mahmoud Raouf, right? But, and again, what he did was, for me, fine and right. And in the free country, he had his ability to say, you know what? I don't want to sit here and put my hand over my heart when I feel that this country is still wrong. I mean, it's wrong my people. The reason I'm bringing that up it's because he got blackballed from the NBA. Mm-hmm. Craig Hodges wore dashiki and gave the president a five-page uh, letter detailing what he could do to help the community. There was how, – how many radical stances did Craig Hodges take against the league? You know, like, th- th- there was nothing outrageous. Nothing. So, so even going from him being blackballed then, but from him being blackballed now in this, it re- especially we're talking about this is today. So you can mention Dennis Rodman doing all types of crazy-ish and guys in a room tooting up their nose, but you can't point out Craig Hodges doing something just? Like, that to me is ridiculous. Like, sometimes we as a people have to not be afraid, especially when we have power to tell the true story if some people may feel a certain kind of way. And I don't even know who would feel a certain kind of way about Craig Hodges because he really didn't do anything, do anything. to anybody. Now, I, I thought that I read this, Ryan. Maybe you can uh, look into this or back me up on it. Do they have like 500 hours of footage that they have? They got a ton. They're editing, like, it's stuff that we're not going to see, basically. So I'm yeah. sure Craig Hodges is, is in those, is in that. In the footage. footage, but still they didn't go and interview. But they, but they ain't going to interview. Right. Yeah. They ain't going to interview. Yeah, I'm, I'm, that's one part I am very disappointed about. Just like, just like for me, and I get why I brought this up before, but the image that they have of the last dance, where it's Phil Jackson, Scotty, um, uh, Mike, 
uh, Rodman, and then you have Steve Kerr. Steve Kerr. It's, it's preposterous because you're doing that because Steve Kerr is relevant today. Right. Right. So that's showing what you're placating to the fact that who's relevant today and people can connect to. And I only, to me, I would still have, you could still have Steve Kerr there, but I've said this before, Tony Kukoc should be the fifth member. You only have five, four guys. And it used to always be the image of the star training since we always used to love when they showed the starting five coming back from either halftime or coming off the bench, those were iconic bull shots seeing that five walk back on the court or whatever. You could at least have Tony for how important Tony was for that title out of the guys that were still there. But it's just one of those things where you just play Caden to who's popular right now at this minute, and that being Steve Kerr, who definitely deserves it. I love Steve Kerr. I always wanted him to be the voice of the Bulls from when he was at Grand Park just cracking us up. Yeah. I thought then, like, man, he should be doing Bulls radio, right? And then he went to TNT. But I used to think, like, he should be Winnington or Stacey King back in those days. Right. And you got any thoughts on uh, Craig Hodges not being there on the documentary? Uh, no. Unfortunately, I'm not too familiar with Craig Hodges other than just highlights, names, and everything like that. I did, uh, you know, I guess I expected maybe some more Bulls players to be a part of this that we've seen so far. But I guess like who? he can't have everybody. He wanted Dennis uh, Hobson and Rodney McCray. I just I figured at least with let's say the last dance team that everybody would be interviewed on that team. You want Jeb Bushler? How I'm just saying. Did, I thought they that they Jeb Bushler. Yeah, I'm not yeah, sure. They did. I think they did. Oh yeah, they did. They did. Well, <laughs> the question is, where's Bobby Hansen? <laughs> <laughs> I think they have they not. Uh, interviewed everybody? Who no, interviewed? I don't think I, I don't think there are definitely some guys. I I've definitely not seen any Rodney McCray interview footage. Wait uh, a minute, Ryan, are you talking about just ninety eighteen that you want to see I'm everybody? Just saying, I'm just saying in general, like I, I don't think they probably could have gotten everybody. I'm not saying I want to see these people. I'm just saying they probably couldn't fit every Bulls player on all of Jordan's teams on here and give all that kind of insight. So I don't know where Craig Hodges fits on that, to be honest. Let's see. Brian Williams has passed away. I was about to say, where's the ghost of Bison Daly? I mean, Bison Daly. Yeah, he passed away. You respect uh, that man's name. Bison Daly, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm trying to think. Is it? Oh, I'm trying to think. who. Where's Jason Caffrey? Oh, Jason. Dickie Simpkins. And his, I think Dickie may have. I don't think I Dickie. Okay. Was Stacy yeah. interviewed? No, not yet. I haven't seen Stacy. Stacy, well, he's not going to be interviewed now. Where's he? Going on the first Luke, three. Where's Luke Longley? Luke Longley, Cliff. Where's Cliff Livingston? That's, oh, uh, that's why I want. Bill Cartwright had a cameo, right? Like, yeah, Bill Cartwright. Yeah, Bill Cartwright. No, you man, I met once or twice. Once or twice. I think he talked a lot when he was talking about the Knicks and maybe the first championship, I believe. He's going, but you know what? Bill's going to be on there with the Scotty sitting out at the end game. He's going to talk about how mad he was at Scotty because he was about oh, to yeah. risk Scotty. He's going, they're going to pop him up in that when Scotty yeah. set out and Tony Kukoc hit the three against the Knicks in the regular yeah. season. Yeah, Real quick right before that. we get out of here, uh, last Bulls part, uh, Jordan confirmed, and we mentioned it, that he did say Republicans wear sneakers, even though he said it in jest. Mm-hmm. What were your thoughts on that, D? Um, I, I th- at least when I heard it back in the day, not so much back in the day, but not that long ago. It was back in the day. No, no, no. I'm talking about when it's kind of like resurfaced. Because okay. usually when LeBron James does things and he's very socially active, people first people, first person they bring up is probably either Tiger Woods or Michael Jordan, right? Mm-hmm. So they talk to, they usually always bring that up. 
it, it wasn't far fetched for me to believe that he would say something like that because you know Michael Jordan is about his money. Um, so that wasn't that surprising to me. It was good to see that he actually said, like, listen, I don't, I don't know the guy. My mother spoke for him, but you know what? I sent him some money. And I don't want to put my name behind somebody that I don't know. I have no problem with you feeling that way. I don't know if it would have went alone a little side saying like, well, you know, everybody about Jim shoes. So that's why I'm not going to say anything. Even if it was a throwaway line, I, it's, it's a, it, it, it's a, it's, it would be interesting to see who leaked that who leaked that joke out. Oh, it's great. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, but that wasn't that far fetched that he would maybe make a joke about that, but it was, at least it was good to say like, Hey, listen, I didn't know the guy, but you know what mother did? I respect my mother and I sent him some money for his campaign. It was sad, and Jordan should have been better than that. And just because we love him, we can paint out when he just, he just oh, done yeah. things that are wrong. And even though he didn't want to be like Muhammad Ali, he didn't have to be Muhammad Ali and right. be as controversial, but he still could have stood on right a tad bit more. 